My name is Tony Litt. I'm the MD of Sunrise Radio, and it's my immense pleasure to bring you the official Sunrise Radio podcast. We are the number one commercial Asian station in the United Kingdom, with many firsts to our name, and we continue to be the voice of British Asians who have given us their love and loyalty over 30 years. It's a legacy we cherish and a responsibility that we don't take lightly. Our aim has always been to entertain the listeners with the best of Bollywood and Bangra while also addressing their concerns. A real voice for the community, a vibrant community and a great nation. We are proud to be British and Asian. This podcast is a compilation of some of the things we do on the station with a stellar lineup of presenters who each have their own personality and style. It's entertaining, informative, engaging, and we hope you will enjoy it here as a podcast if you are unable to tune in to the radio. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your family and friends about this podcast and do leave us a comment on what you think. We'd love to hear from you. All the best always. Team Sunrise. Hey, my name is Shabnam Sahi. Welcome to the official Sunrise Radio podcast. I'm on your radio weekdays from 9am to 12 noon. If you've heard the show, you know what to expect from it. But here are some exciting, interesting Bollywood stories that you may have missed this time round, served up as part of our official Sunrise Radio podcast. Enjoy. So this is a fantastic story on how OTT platforms are proving to be absolute game changers when it comes to portraying women in a film or in a drama. That is where the evolution has been most rapid and most prominent. Filmmaker Neeraj Khaiwan, who directed a short film titled Gili Puchi in the Ajeeb Dastan's anthology. Did you see that? This film explored prejudices against caste, gender, sexuality in a totally non-preachy way. And audiences absolutely loved it. That Neeraj Khaiwan. Neeraj Khaiwan. He said in an interview, I'm happy that we've gone past the time when a woman walking into a boardroom full of men was considered bold and progressive. Now the same woman is planning a corporate takeover, choosing an alternate partner and managing her family all in one day. I'm an intersectional feminist and I'd like to see women in conjunction with other subaltern markers as sexuality, class, religion, disability, caste, state oppression and more. Making a gilipuchi would have been difficult if it had the pressure of soul theatrical recovery. Now, our lovely Vidya Balan, she adds her voice to the debate as well. And Vidya Balan says, In today's world, women no longer aspire to be one of a kind. We have recognized that every woman is an individual and her journey, her struggles, her triumphs, they are also individual. Women are owning their bodies and their choices. And all of this allows for diverse characterization of women in cinema because cinemas are a reflection of reality. OTT offers a space where you're not necessarily looking for larger than life heroism. I think she nailed it there, right? Shifali Shah, again, someone you know, who's a powerhouse of talent and she has literally kick-started her career one more time and with such finesse, mainly on OTT. She says women do not necessarily have to be the perfect wife, the perfect homemaker or even the perfect mother. They can be flawed. Thanks to my role in Delhi Crime, writers now want to cast me in leads or parallel leads and they want to write scripts keeping me in mind. This wouldn't have happened had I been restricted to playing just another part in commercial cinema. 
फिल्म मेकर्स एंड लीड एक्ट्रेसेस फ्रॉम अ वैरायटी ऑफ ड्रामास अजीब दास्तान ले लीजिए आप शेरनी डेली क्राइम फोर मोर शॉट्स प्लीज बॉम्बे बेगम्स एंड नॉट टू फॉरगेट शकुन बत्राज लेटेस्ट ऑफरिंग गहराइयां दीस आर इमर्जिंग एज द रियल टॉर्च बेयरर्स ऑफ चेंज यू डोंट हैव टू लाइक ऑल दीस ड्रामास और इवन एग्री विद एवरीथिंग दे से बट एट लीस्ट OTT is giving them the courage to break away from the Bollywood shackles of the past and make something refreshingly different that reflects our reality in this day and age. Take Rangita Pratish Nandi. Now she was the creator and producer of Four More Shots Please. She says I'm exhausted watching testosterone and I think the audience feels exactly the same way and that is why more makers are telling women oriented stories and audiences are tuning in across platforms. Then you've got Ekavali Khanna. Ekavali Khanna was a part of Bombay Begums. She says no longer are women just props in the story taking part in family politics or romancing the hero. Some of the top web series are portraying women as sensitive, powerful and those having a sense of purpose, she says. Last but not least Shakun Batra, the man who made Gehraiya. Shakun Batra कहते हैं I think the primary reason for such characters enjoying more acceptance on OTT is that the audience's taste has evolved. More people are watching cinema from across the world and they are opening up to stories that were earlier lapped up by a niche audience in India. People are watching female led shows like Fleabag and The Handmaid's Tale. This has informed the filmmakers of the growing taste of the viewers. It is unfortunate that not enough good scripts have been written for talented actors like Vidya Balan, Alia Bhatt and Deepika Padukone. This has to change. Alia Bhatt grandly announced her Hollywood debut yesterday with a Netflix original alongside Gal Gadot and Jamie Dornan titled Heart of Stone. Arjun Kapoor promptly labeled her a mini Meryl Streep. Easy tiger, easy. I mean she's on the right track but she has a long way to go to be a Meryl Streep, right? Now following the announcement Alia got massive support from her colleagues from her fans all very keen to know the teeny weeny detail that her character clearly hasn't revealed yet i mean that has been kept a secret for now lekin netflix has revealed the fact that the film revolves around rachel stone played by gal gadot who is an intelligence operative and the only woman who stands between her powerful global peacekeeping organization and the loss of its most valuable most dangerous asset that's all they are saying you know what's really cool for alia to have tom harper as her first hollywood director If you know Tom Harper is a British TV and film director, producer, writer, best known for the Aeronauts, known for the Wild Rose as well, and get this, he's also done the hugely popular cult Peaky Blinders. That's very cool, I think. Fans of Sunny Deol, fans of Gadar, you probably know this already. Shooting is on in full swing at Lucknow's iconic La Martinia College, which is actually a school, but you know, it is a school that is academically and architecturally it is a fine piece of work. I have so many friends who went to La Mart's Lucknow. Now, of course, this is in Lucknow, lekin in director Anil Sharma's eagerly awaited sequel to Gadar, Gadar 2, this is meant to look like Lahore. because the story continues to follow many lives as they stand torn between two countries we already know that sunny deol and amisha patel are reprising their roles from the original film anil sharma's son utkarsh sharma who was a little boy in gadar he is now a tall strapping lad he is the main hero of the film 
and it is his dynamic with his dad Sunny Deol that is meant to be the heart and soul of the sequel as Sunny Deol has said multiple times a love story that talks about family values precious bonds loyalty friendship humanity patriotism that is the essence of gadar that is what the audience loved in the first film that is what we have aimed to maintain in the sequel as well and you know what these are values that never seem dated right now kuch suna apne the kapil sharma show was trending on twitter in india yesterday i believe and for somewhat controversial reasons when charges of favoritism surfaced one more time ahead of its 11th march release this weekend when director vivek ranjan agnihotri he was asked on twitter why the stars from his film the kashmir files had not made an appearance on the kapil sharma show which is where the whole industry lands up to plug a new release we know that right well when he was asked the question vivek agnihotri didn't mince words when he confessed that kapil sharma's team refused to call us on the show because our film doesn't have any big commercial stars he says in bollywood non starter directors writers and good actors are considered nobodies <gasps> that must have hurt then he says this is in spite the fact that in spite of the fact that mithun chakravarti and anupam kher are both in the kashmir files now the film uses meticulously researched facts and video footage to tell the chilling story of the mass exodus and the indiscriminate killings of kashmiri pandits in extremely volatile political conditions in the kashmir valley the film releases this weekend Here's a story that made me smile a little bit because Swara Bhaskar she does have a sense of humor you know she has a rather interesting take on her bollywood journey so far and she proudly declares that her choice of roles is heavily influenced by her mother who's a film scholar with a sound knowledge and understanding of the craft of filmmaking that is what draws you to the art and not to the glamour kehti hai swara bhaskar and you learn to separate the two calling her cv a mixed bag of rejected roles swara bhaskar kehti hai ki it doesn't matter what the world says the role has to work for you you have to feel connected to the character you're meant to portray on screen right and she says that the person who's offered to me the role that is offered to me can be very different from my own reality my own life but i should be able to empathize with the character to play the character convincingly on screen in a recent interview swara bhaskar kehti hai i always joke and say that my filmography is made up of roles that were rejected by everybody else that i did all the stuff that nobody else in bollywood wanted to do even my big budget roles were ones that nobody did for example in ranjana i was the last person to be cast because they had a last minute cancellation prem ratan dhanpayo no actress wanted to play salman khan's sister so they reached out to me even in viredi wedding riya kapoor when she was casting she said yaar is role ke liye kisko main lu you know it was the last one to be cast and i had to convince her to give it to me in nilbatte sanata when i signed the film people said yaar this is suicide this is professional suicide don't do it ye role tum karogi lekin you know what nilbatte sanata remains the most special film of my career it literally gave me an identity in bollywood similarly if you look at a film that not too many people know about anarkali of ara the director came back to me after two and a half years of first announcing the film and main to aajkal sabko kehti hu jab mere paas koi aata hai na script leke uh, it's okay it's okay aap pooch lijiye har actor actress se pooch lijiye i'll be waiting here huh? come back to me when you're ready for it but then she also says ki main isliye ha nahi kahungi kyunki sabne na kaha i will only agree to it if i find the role engaging for whatever reason good girl 
Now, fans who've been patiently waiting for Anis Bazmi to roll out the sequel to his laugh-out-loud comedy, No Entry. Well, finally, there is some concrete news for you. Not just urti-urti idol gossip. Bollywood insiders reveal that the sequel to No Entry will be done by a whole new team. So, Boni Kapoor will get a profit share, but he won't have any creative say in the film. I doubt it very much if Anis Bazmi is going to either write it or direct it. Expect nine times the madness. You know why? Because the three main stars, Salman Khan, Anil Kapoor and Fardeen Khan, will all play triple roles. And no less than nine actresses will be a part of the ensemble, which will definitely, definitely be a Bollywood first. Now, the filmmakers hope to mount this comedy on an impressive size and scale, for which Bhushan Kumar of T-Series and Murad Khedani, who produced Kabir Singh, that Murad Khedani, they are expected to join hands as producers. So that's three main actors, nine actresses, all in the same film, all at the same time. Anyone expecting the shoot to go smoothly? <laughs> You're living in a fool's paradise. Well, Salman Khan's biggest fan in Milton Keynes, she might think differently. Let me know. You can catch Shabnam Sahi, the ultimate storyteller, weekdays, 9am to 12 noon. Anushka Arora, as always, lovely to have your company for the Sunrise Radio podcast. And this week, I have another special guest on the show. Welcome back to another special Sunrise uh, interview. Welcome! You asked for it. You asked for it. I've been talking about you since you've got here. You asked for it. You got it. You got it. So we're here uh, with the ultimate, the one and the only, Ranveer Singh. You know I love you. <laughs> so how is London treating you? Well, London uh, is now one of my favorite places in the world. I came here very late, actually. Uh, I was, I think, around 30 when I came for the first time. Okay. And that was also around the time that I saw my first live football match. Oh. And there's been no looking back. It's literally my favorite thing to do in the world. It's <laughs> just watch live football matches. And this is what you're here doing this and time around fully. so much joy. It's inexplicable. I don't know what it is. It's like if I'm not playing it, I'm playing it on the video games. If I'm not watching it oh on God. the telly at home, I'm here watching it. I just love football and I love London. And and I love being here watching five matches mm. in five days. Yes. All amazing yes. matches. Manchester United Tottenham <laughs> went and watched Cristiano Ronaldo oh, at the peak of his powers, scoring a hat-trick, the winning goal. Old Trafford was going crazy. What a historic thing to have witnessed. Then, my favorite Arsenal uh, against... Uh, who are they? <laughs> Leicester City. The Foxes. Did you just say that? The Foxes. No, the Foxes, uh, Foxes are a fabulous team, an absolutely fabulous institution. And uh, I respect and appreciate them as opponents. But I was cheering for Arsenal yesterday. Of course. Sitting in the box. The boys played so well, confident. They were in control of that match throughout. It was amazing to watch. Today, getting a slice and a taste of history mm-hmm. and culture of mm-hmm. Premier League football. Selhurst Park, the one, the only Selhurst Park, deep rooted in tradition, a community club. I never thought that I'd come and be able to witness this. Patrick Vieira, one of my most 
ultimate sporting idols at the helm at Crystal Palace. I'm really looking forward to meeting and interacting with him. I saw him once uh, at the Emirates a few years ago. Uh, now he's managing Crystal Palace, and I'm very, very excited to meet him. I'm very excited for tonight's match, and I hope that uh, Crystal Palace are able to put up a, a tough fight against seemingly invincible opponents. Man mm-hmm. City is really mm-hmm. just come together like an unstoppable force of football. What Pep has been able to do with the funds, but also with the personnel, is create this super team, which I'm very much looking forward to seeing in action. I've seen them play Arsenal before, but uh, Willy Zaha and Conor Gallagher, he's Crystal Palace's hero. I I really want Conor Gallagher to have a good game today. Then, of course, back to Manchester for Manchester United against Atletico Madrid. You know who I'll be cheering for. Manchester United, English club in the Premier League. Come on, let's go. Uh, I definitely want to see the English club beat the Spanish club in the Champions League. Champions League and then back to the Emirates for Arsenal Liverpool. I love what a it. contest. What a five days. That's insane. You've it's literally insane. just given it us your insane. entire entire itinerary. You've answered all the questions all that my, I'm gonna all ask. All my friends, you. all my boys we're at done. home. We were they were like Wow, this is your schedule. We are so jealous. And I was like, I'd be jealous of me too. <laughs> I mean, this, this is, the, is why we grabbed you. This the, is why we grabbed you at the opportunity. We were like, it's the stuff of dreams. I'm really living the dream here. Honestly. So am I, by the way. I'm also living the dream by speaking to you. Hey. And also, actually, thanks to you, this is my first time in a football stadium. Nah. Yeah. First time first ever. First time ever. Oh yeah. Yes. It's so, really something. Thank you. Celebrate. Of normally, football and culture. Yes, it is. I'm normally into the cricket, so yeah. I'm like always As there. Am I, yeah, exactly. I love football. I yes. love my football. Yes. So thank you uh, for that. Uh, now, just I think let's talk about the importance of sport. I mean, how? Why is it so important to you? And how would you kind of? explain the importance of sports as a whole to the youth? Well, uh, it's a really good question. I'm also born into a sporting family. My father-in-law is India's premier badminton legend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very proud of him and his achievements and everything that he's done for sport and badminton in India. Uh, I think there's a lot to learn from sports people. uh, And sports teaches you life lessons that no other thing can teach you mm. really you know uh, work ethic uh, team building team values leadership skills um, how to ride the punches with the ups and downs you know it's sports is like life you mm. know some you win some you lose some but the important thing is how efficiently you're able to pick yourself up and go again you know that sportsman spirit and for me personally I've been playing team sport uh throughout my childhood and I love watching sport um, there is something different about sports people you know they what they do is like they are in the moment putting their the best of themselves out for a particular goal that they're all working towards together mm-hmm. uh, you know trust loyalty uh, there's so many things that come to the fore when you're playing a team sport when you're part of a team um, that sportsman's spirit and the the values by which they live their life and approach their profession is something that 
I also do as as an artist, as a commercial artist myself. You know that kind of discipline, sincerity, commitment. These are the values that I use and put into my work that helps me. I I almost feel sometimes like as much as I approach my work as an artist, I also go about it like an athlete mm. because you're working in the mainstream, you know, and. you have to fight you have to dance you know there are there are so many things that require that degree of discipline um and i think sports is the greatest teacher and i wish to do my bit to promote sporting culture amongst the youth of india as much as there should be um involvement in cricket football just about any sport you know kids should be encouraged to pick up a sport whether to play it to just learn or to even play competitive you know um it teaches you a lot mm. and i admire sportsmen i'm always starstruck when i meet sportsmen more than even artists um i'm just always like in awe of them because of what they do you know the what they stand for um they are some of the most hard working mm-hmm. individuals on the planet uh and physical specimens you know phenomenons like last month i saw the basketballer yanis yeah. atentokounmpo in action and i was like man this guy is a physical phenom you know you've got to admire um them as you know as as individuals what they can do their physical prowess you know there's uh, there's so much to learn from sport from sports people um and i'm very grateful that uh i'm able to do this you know it's one thing sitting at watching it all yeah. at home when you come and experience it live it's a whole another trip for sure uh, and i'm just too grateful to the premier league for making all of this possible for me you mentioned some of the emotions um that sports people go through you recently did 83 the film yeah. as well which was can i just say mind blowing like that was full that honestly sitting in the cinema like clapping crying laughing that's it. like that's oh. what it's about and you know i we went as a family oh, and wow. i'm not lying and i'm not saying this because you're sitting here with me like i just turned around and i saw my sister i saw my mom i saw my dad we we had a cousin with us as well and we were all just like feeling those emotions yeah. and honestly what you put into that film was incredible it was Boom, so 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 good thank you thank you um, so and much and i i think i probably say this about most of your films in fact all of your films i don't think i've seen a film where i walked out of the cinema of or turned away thinking what was that i've always loved your craft i've thank absolutely you. loved it and we have so much more from you oh yes. my god Always You're on a roll. Always Jordan. Yes, Jordan. Yes, the love and appreciation for 83 has been very yeah. overwhelming. Um we wanted to make a film that really celebrates the legacy of these sports people. Mm. You know, they they changed the entire attitude of the nation. Mm. They did the unthinkable. You know, nobody believed in them. Nobody thought they could do any anything close to what they did. They yeah. went and did yeah. it and they changed the attitude. There's so many people who come and say Before that we used to think of ourselves as just journeymen as a people mm. and then suddenly we were standing shoulder to shoulder with the best in the world saying we are the best in the world in this mm. we can be the best in the world in something and it changed their whole attitude you know that was a big responsibility the team came together the cast and crew was wonderful we had such great support from the players themselves and it was important to us that 
their legacy be celebrated in a befitting way yeah. on celluloid <clears throat> and then to see how happy they were with the film and oh. then this outpouring of overwhelming and unprecedented love from the audience um yes it got a bit jacked because of omicron yeah you know it yeah, yeah. That yeah what you could say was the wrong time but that nobody could have predicted yeah, that right nobody, you can't like 48 hours before release for that to happen exactly. you know, it was yeah. it was unfortunate mm. but it'll be out on television soon Yay. and everybody can see it and there was really a component of the audience which we we referred to as the nostalgia the audience the people who live the pizza yes, baby three yeah, yeah, man yeah. this film meant so much yeah. to them it's so weird because i never had this conversation with my dad because he was in the uk at that time so after watching that film i asked him i'm like what happened like where were you do you remember this <laughs> you so we had this conversation and i've never had it before so it was really nice to for him to talk about the memories from there yeah, as well the best messages were those ones that i took my 60 year old parents yeah yeah and to yeah. see them relive that yeah. they were so emotional thank mm. you for this thank you for this film and the kind of calls i got from the most eminent personalities across fields you know it it was really the appreciation for this role and this character was really unprecedented also because i was able to showcase a new facet of my repertoire mm. you know earlier you have a blank canvas mm. you mm. can create characters from scratch here you have certain parameters there's already a page you have to get on that yeah. page yeah. so i think that what people found to be um, astonishing perhaps the way that i was able to become uh, yeah, a degree for sure day. yeah and the look yeah, so the the, love and the way you were talking was like, i was like man this is i've worked 10 years but i've not experienced yeah. uh, a tsunami yeah. like this so so yeah touch wood very grateful that this film came to me and that i was able to lead this wonderful ensemble into making a piece of cinema that that i feel will go down in history as something quite quite memorable and cherished mm, for sure i think i think all of your films let's be fair whatever whatever genre special, it is yeah. i think all of them are going down uh, in history uh, now just one final question actually it's not really a question but i'd love for you to give a message to everyone who's watching um just to your fans just to people around the world who are going to watch this and hear this and just to like appreciate their love because they give we talk about you so much on the show i'm watching all of those exchanges on twitter yeah i am and i read everything you do um, we know this i mean don't reply but i do read everything uh what can i say thank you for all your love and all your encouragement all your support uh you know this is the wind beneath my wings this is what keeps me going this is why i wake up every morning and you know do my best to entertain people because that's what i feel is my calling you know i was brought on this earth to entertain people you know i i have this belief that you are all on this journey of life and there is an inevitable thing uh at the end of it and it's an arduous journey mm. uh you know where perhaps not living in the best time uh for our cosmic existential existence mm-hmm. you know it's a, it's a tough time yeah no it is everything it that's is. happening around us uh pandemic mm-hmm. war mm-hmm. you know it's a it's not the best time for humanity and i believe that this this journey is arduous so i feel like i'm that guy who's walking alongside you saying hey kamal i'll tell you a joke or sing mm-hmm. you a song i'll, I'll just make this 
this heavy experience a bit yeah. lighter for you and i've been able to do that 10 years now i am living the dream and thanks to you all for embracing me for my first film onwards allowing me giving me an opportunity time and time again to entertaining to to entertain you all and i'm i'm living the dream no dream is big enough i mean i'm a living breathing example of how it was perhaps far fetched for me to become a hindi film actor and and i tried for it and i did it and i mean 10 years down after having put in the work now i'm working with the kind of people who i would have never dreamed i'm working with the kind of response to my films the acceptance and love of the audience is beyond my wildest imagination i have to pinch myself every day uh you know there's there's now and then and ever so often i have an experience where i have to stop and be like wow this is actually happening mm. just look at this month for me you know last month i met lebron james Uh, two, two nights ago I saw Cristiano Ronaldo hat-trick live in the stadium T- today I'm a special guest at Selhurst Park yes you know no dream is big enough uh, believe in yourself back yourself and go for it go follow your dream with intensity and passion and and if you give it your everything if you're sincere towards it and you leave no stone unturned into manifesting and making your dream a reality you too can do it So go for it, ladies and gentlemen. Ranveer Singh, thank you, thank, thank you, so you, much. Thank, thank you. you, thank you. Listen to our Bollywood Queen Anushka Aurora from 12 noon to 4 p.m. weekdays on Sunrise. The Bangra Showdown with Amit Channa. Now, as we've if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, I've been talking about speaking to my guest all morning, and it's going to finally happen after the success of her debut EP, Moving On. Saloni is now back with a brand new single called No About You, and she joins me on the line now. Good morning, Saloni. Morning. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. We got there in the end. <laughs> we got there in the end. Listen, thank you so much for your patience. I know we had a bit of uh, technical issues, but we are talking now. Congratulations, firstly, on the, all your success so far. Now, listen, I know you're not supposed to ask a young lady their age, but you strike me as being quite young for someone that's uh, achieved so much. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'm 20. Right, so you're 20, and you've already had major success with your debut EP, and you're back again with a brand new single. How does it feel to have kind of made so much kind of ground at such a young age? It feels amazing, honestly. I'm mean, trying to make the most of it, I guess, and um, it's just a gradual process, and just seeing where it goes, really. Yeah, and it's phenomenal. I mean, tell me about your kind of introduction to music. When did you start singing? How did you discover that this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, so um, surprisingly, my family is not really from a music, a musically oriented background. Mm-hmm. So it came, it came as a real surprise when my parents could find out I could sing. I was about four years old. We went um, on a trip to Scandaville, and one of the nurses there asked me to sing a Christmas carol, okay. just as we would have like learned at um, nursery or whatever. And that was the first time my parents heard me sing, and they were honestly stunned. So since then, they put me into Indian classical classes. Um, 
Carnatic music singing lessons and that's kind of what built um, a strong base for me um, as then as I went into school I went into more western style I was introduced to more like the English styles of music as opposed to the Bollywood that I would listen back at home and then that's when I started to release my own music um, I was scouted by a label and they kind of taught me how to songwrite um, and that's when I released my EP about 16 um, and then I released another one when I was about 17, 18 and that's when I realized, okay, I want to kind of bring both the mix of my Western and Eastern cultures um, that I love so much. Mm-hmm. And here I am bringing in um, Western and Eastern into my original music. And that's quite a phenomenal journey for someone that started so young and is, as you just mentioned, still only 20 years old. I mean, um, how do you go about, like, I mean, you said we signed to a label. I mean, in the world of streaming and stuff now, do you take much more control over that rather than a label? How does someone uh, so young understand that side of it or the business side? side of it yeah so um when i was with the label back it, I, I think i was with them around when i was 14 or so mm-hmm. um they were they were de- developing developing me as an artist so they right. used to teach me about all of this stuff and it was a, it was a good artist development program right and that's how i used to learn some stuff but still at that young age i still didn't know much and i'm still learning to be yeah. honest um but after a few years i realized okay it might be better to be purely independent so i left and now i'm quite independent i'm trying to figure things out my own way um, and seeing what works um through some guidance and well, so on well you seem to be doing just fine already to be honest now listen <laughs> your you. press release says that you sing in 10 different languages i am intrigued what does that i mean like i can barely speak english i said to my listeners earlier today so tell me 10 10 languages what languages are they um, so I released a mashup, um, a 10 language mashup during lockdown. Right. Um, and I did it in Punjabi, Hindi, Oya, Telugu, Tamil, Malayalam, Kannada, Marathi, Gujarati, and Bengali. Wow, so that is 10 languages there. I don't think you even mentioned English in that, so it's probably 11, actually. Um, and, and I guess the next question is why? Why did you want to do that? Like, what was it to reach a wider audience? Was it just a challenge? So, yeah, actually, I mean, we were all in a lockdown. We all needed something to do. And um, this was a big part of... This is when I took my gap year and wanted to focus mainly on music. So it was a big part of me finding new things to learn and seeing how I can get out there. And honestly, it's just my love for South Asian music, South Asian languages, culture and everything. Um, and so, you know, the get, it was, I basically did a 10-language mashup on the Bad Shah the Fool song. Okay. And what the, the second I heard the beat, I was like, this is such a... Like a such a daisy track, and like so, I feel like so many songs could kind of fit to this. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just sat down one day and was like, okay, what songs from different languages can I put in here? I got some advice from like other uh, um, family friends that knew these languages, and I was like, what, what popular song is there in this in your language? And I sat with them to like learn the pronunciation and make sure I got it right wow. and like the meaning behind it. And then once I kind of figured that out, I mixed it mashed it up and um, decided to kind of dress up in the culture of each of those languages Mm -hmm. and do a video kind of portraying the the beauty of Indian culture and the different languages and the different areas of South Asia. And it was a it was a one month project, but it was definitely worth it. It was amazing, and really, it was it was just an amazing experience. And, and all of that in a lockdown as well. So I mean, it's not <laughs> like you were going to people's houses and saying, "Oh, listen, teach me this song." I'm guessing this was all on online and through Zoom, etc., which is quite the quite the challenge as well. Talking of which, do you write your own songs? Is this new single written by you? 
Yes, yes, it is. So um, I sit with my producer, comes up with a beat, and um, then we kind of think of a melody. And the English lyrics I write by myself, um, but when it comes to the Desi stuff, mm-hmm. um, I kind of hum out the melody and send it off to get written alongside the meaning that I've written the English lyrics for. And what is your heritage, South Asian heritage? What is your South Asian heritage? I'm from South India. I'm Telugu. Okay. Wow. Okay. Brilliant. So you really are discovering languages that aren't necessarily natural to your tongue because that is a very different language from Hindi and Punjabi, etc. So that is quite the challenge you're setting yourself. Now, tell us what No About You is about, Saloni. (laughs) So it's it's, it's a track that um, hopefully many people relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, As a woman, I feel like, um, or just as as a young adult, really, I've um, as I've come along I've tried to kind of satisfy other people please them or whatever and this track is basically telling everyone to look you can make your own stance you don't need to know about everyone you make your own decision kind of thing Amazing. so it's really encouraging um, as young adults to take a stance and make a statement now it looks like you're having a lot of fun in the video and it looks like you're surrounded <laughs> by people you you know have, are they your friends in the video because it looks like yeah, so, they're of the same sort of age group and ilk of your kind of social circle yeah yeah so, um, <laughs> a lot of them are actually my schoolmates um, and then during my gap year once one of my friends went to uni so then I met her uni mates um, but my best friend um, actually choreographed the dance and because she's already at uni she um, kind of got dancers that she was working with at mm-hmm. UCL and kind of just came up with the dancing as well brilliant it's, it's, it looks like you had a lot of fun shooting it now that is out now as well the single is out as well know about you the video yeah. I watched this morning and like I said it looks like you're having a bit of fun there uh, and someone crossing the line with you that you keep pushing away which is always <laughs> yeah. a good thing as the father of a 10 year old daughter it's exactly the right message you should be giving brilliant good stuff Saloni where can people get in touch with you where can they find your music and uh, and just find out more about you yeah, so um, Know About You is available to stream on all platforms. Um, you can find me as Saloni underscore music, S-A-L-O-N-I underscore music on Instagram, Twitter, um, Saloni dot music on TikTok and Saloni on YouTube, Facebook and Spotify. And you've got quite the following on TikTok, I believe, as well, right? <laughs> you've, you've racked up like five million views or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. I, um, I over lockdown, I mean, not even over lockdown, actually, over the first year of my university after my gap year, um, I really, really focused on TikTok. It was my New Year's resolution. I'd be posting <laughs> every um, every day, two, three times a day, and it really popped up and it really paid up. And I'm just, I'm just looking to grow it more now. I think that is the most mille- millennial New Year's resolution I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm going to focus on TikTok for the new year. Uh, Saloni is I'll be honest. Go on. I always found it so cringy or like not something I would get on. (laughs) And when it first came out, I was like, no, I can't be doing this. But as a content creator, as a musician, as an independent artist, it really is essential for us to get on that. As, As a millennial as it sounds, it's a big, big platform, and I'm so glad I got on it when I did. I mean, I, I wish I got on it earlier, but you know what? It's never too late to do anything, so I'm glad I got on it then. Um, and, yeah, she's going on now. So my daughter keeps telling me, she's like, why haven't you got TikTok, Daddy? I'm like, I'm too old for that stuff. Saloni, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much. What a pleasure, and all the very best. Thank you. Join Amit Channa every Saturday from 4pm for the Bangla Showdown, playing you the finest in Punjabi and Bangla music from the past, present and future.
Hello, this is Sonia Dutta from Drive Time on Sunrise, and I'm really glad that you're here with me today. Do you ever wonder just how many things around you affect the way your day turns out? I'm pretty sure right now you're thinking, yep, here she goes again, she's talking about energy. Well, I am, and I'm not. That just depends on how you read into what I say. This weekend, lots of people around the world will celebrate Holi, otherwise known as the Festival of Colours. This festival, they say, marks the end of winter and the beginning of spring, when cold, dark and grey days and nights are gradually replaced with warmer and lighter days, sprinkled with signs of new life in every which way we turn. I know there are many festivals around the world that are celebrated to mark beautiful milestones or transitions in seasons, each equally exciting and meaningful to those who take part. But I'll focus on Holi today as it's that time of the year and it coincides with what I want to talk about in this episode. At this time of the year, all things are willed to blossom. Nature, love and relationships, business, career, health and just life in general. And of course, if you know anything about Holi at all, you'll know that at the very centre of any typical celebration is delicious food, loud feel-good music, huge gatherings of people, sometimes friends and enemies all in the same place, trying to escape for just a few moments from any hatred or animosities that they carry for each other, lots of joyous laughter, and most evidently, an abundance of the most vibrant colours you might have seen in the year so far. Each colour symbolising something quite significant. Red for love and fertility, green for new beginnings, and a glorious golden yellow that mirrors the heat and the natural healing powers of turmeric, a spice more famous in India than any Bollywood star could imagine to be. And many more colours are included in that palette. I'm sure that you will also agree that even just seeing others taking part in these exuberant celebrations is truly uplifting. We know that laughter, good music and dance are supercharged with energy that's easily transferable, contagious almost. But let's face it, without the bursts of those radiant and striking colours, it's just another party. We don't often think about this. But colours play a huge part in our lives. And I think it's okay to say both that colours can really affect our mood and that the colours we associate with are a reflection of our inner self. We make choices based around colours all the time. The choices we make can be quite telling of our inner state of mind, yet at the same time can say quite the opposite to what we truly feel. If you're confused, it's understandable. But make sure you listen to the very end of this episode. It will all make good sense eventually. We hear people talk about colours in various ways, including the different colours that some people present themselves in, usually said in a negative connotation, sometimes meaning that people have dual personalities or a dark side. But today I want to talk about colours and dual personalities from a different angle. Let's take the clothes that we wear. How do you usually dress? What's a normal dress code for you? What sort of colours dominate your wardrobe? The colours that you're usually drawn to? I know that on an average day, when I'm focused purely on my work and not much else, I dress in colours that can be seen as quite bland and basic, usually dark or pale colours. Colours that are not necessarily loud, because my intention for the day is purely to have a productive day and get my work done. It's not to be seen everywhere I go or grab attention. 
I've also noticed that the lower my mood, the less vibrant my clothes will be. On a day when I'm feeling a little happier in myself, for whatever reason, perhaps more confident somehow, I'm drawn towards more vibrant colours. I notice the weather plays a part in this too, not just in the type or style of clothes that I wear, but the colours that I choose. Summer just feels freer somehow, like I'm able to breathe openly and see more of what's around me, as though a veil has been lifted. I notice the beauty of nature ten times more than I would in the winter months, when things just feel more enclosed. So yes, the colours we dress ourselves in can say quite a lot about how we feel on the inside, mentally and emotionally. But beware. As much as the colours we wear, or the types of clothes we wear, or the accessories we dress it all up with, or the makeup or hair colour we go for, can reflect how we feel on the inside, don't be fooled because all of this can also spell the opposite. Sometimes when a person is hurting real bad inside, they can go to extremes to try and feel just a little bit better. The hurt they actually feel can be so deep that no matter what they do on the outside, nothing seems to cover it up or make it any less. So they'll keep on doing more, putting on more, or getting louder in colour, or seemingly flamboyant. Not just because they're trying to break free from their inner demons, but also because that's what they need other people to see. Maybe that's their way of trying to blend in at school, college, work or a social gathering. They feel the need, not because other people know their story, but because they know their own story and don't want to share it with the world. Perhaps for the fear of being judged, misunderstood or taunted. Their mission is only to cover up their story and be like everyone else, but their cover can become so thick that often, unbeknown to them, they draw more negative attention to themselves from people who have absolutely no idea how hurt, depression, anxiety, psychology and mental health actually work or affect people. From people who are too quick to judge and call them out for dressing so loud or being vocally loud or wearing too much makeup or any at all or styling their hair a certain way or having tattoos or the list is endless this is why it's so important not to judge people even if you've known someone a very long time unless you've traveled their journey with them side by side and know exactly what they're going through right this moment in time you probably have no idea. The moral of this episode is don't judge others by what your eyes show you. Try instead to accept that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, living through many different chapters that teach us numerous lessons, some that we've learned and are now the product of, and others that we're still juggling. How many we're juggling at the same time is for us to know and others to either misjudge and taunt or empathize with and allow. I can never understand why it's so important to some people to be so curious about what others are doing or not doing. Isn't it just extra stress? It's not within your rights to do either of these things. Your time is precious and so is the need for you to be able to experience the colours of the world for their true purpose. And the purpose of the colours will always remain the same and true, regardless of who wears them or how they are presented to you. 
So if someone shows up in a way that's different to you or different to how you're used to seeing them, as long as they're not bringing harm or sadness to another, let them be. Or better still, support them. If you care, ask them about the change, find out if they're okay. If you don't care, then why care enough to judge or taunt? Let others be how they feel to be. It's not only you who has the right to be how you feel to be. And the way you feel to be isn't necessarily the only right way to be. All colors are beautiful, we know that. But so are the people who wear them, however they choose to wear them. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and it's helped somewhat in even the smallest way. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, don't get busy judging. If you don't understand it, just pay more attention to your own. Take care and I'll catch you next time. The lady with an infectious laugh. You know who it is. Sonia Dutta, Monday to Friday, between 4pm and 7pm, to keep you smiling. 